2: Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jochum. Frenchie is here. We're talking Formula One. Just a little bit of news and stuff to get to to round out your 2021. Hope everybody had a good Christmas and has a happy and fun new year. Frenchie's going to be in warm Florida. I'm going colder and going to Indiana to do some partying and get ready to, to head out that way. Permanently in a just a matter of weeks now at this point. So that's exciting. But Frenchie, I got to start with trivia because we've missed two weeks in a row, which is 100% my fault. So I think this is easy. It should be easy for you. If not, if, if it is easy for you, I have a um, maybe a more difficult one. Which Ferrari driver won the 100th Ferrari race at the 1990s? 100th Ferrari victory sorry at the 1990 French Grand Prix
0: if it's 1990 France then it's definitely Alain Prost winning yes you would be correct there
2: okay now since you got that one relatively easily the first night the first French Grand Prix was in 1950 which track was it held at
0: was that Reims god damn it yeah you're asking me France trivia, and even though I have no real connection to France, I got to get it right. It uh, my honor.
2: Yeah. I thought
0: I had you on that one. I was like, God, oh, that one's tough. He's
2: never going to get that. I was going to make that my first question at first. Well, anyway, I hope uh, hope you playing along with trivia at home did better than I probably would have done on that one, but we've got just a little bit of news. I'll turn it over to Frenchie who's going to lead
0: us through that, and we'll get everybody on their way for the rest of the year. Yeah, so a lot has been happening even in the offseason that's kind of of interest. And I think the first thing is that we didn't really get to it in our previous episodes because we were doing our award show, but we have a new president of the FIA, Mohammed Ben Sulayem, I think, how you say it, uh, has replaced John Tott. Um And he's been in the news a lot because he's been making a lot of statements about the finale. Uh, but the probably more interesting part of that is that the vice president of the FIA is actually Bernie Ecclestone's wife. And quoting that, um, apparently Suleim has said that there's no real connection with Ecclestone that his wife, Fabiana, um, was approached because not of her name but approached because of her credibility and that the choice was made on merit now i don't know really what she's done in the past i i know that she's basically famous for being the wife of a 91 year old billionaire and i think she's about 46 years old just for those who are interested i mean yes. I i should do some more research on her and see kind of what experience she has but is this problematic is there a conflict of interest here
2: I don't know how it's not problematic because she, she I mean, she's never done anything in motorsports to, to my knowledge. I'm, I'm looking online now that that you've brought that up, and now she's second in command at the FIA. If, if you're not telling me, there's going to be some sort of Ecclestone influence there still I would tell you you're you're crazy there 100% is
0: yeah I mean I'd I'd have to agree with you I don't really understand why she would be selected other than her connections to Bernie as almost like his proxy vice president you know his person on the FIA who knows if that's what it's going to be maybe we're talking conspiracy theories here but it just smells fishy
2: Yeah, I don't. God, I mean, this is going to be something that we're going to have to pay attention to next year. But also, I just I don't have a good feeling about it right now after everything that we've kind of gone through with the FIA and and Michael Massey still having a job
0: somehow. So I'll just leave it at that. I don't actually know what powers the vice president of the FIA has. So, again, that's something I'll have to do a little more research on. Maybe we can come back to this in the new year. But, yeah, just something for consideration. More <sighs> Bernie news. <laughs> He's He just seems to really enjoy being in the news lately. Um, I don't know. He, he said a couple of things that I think are, I don't know, I want to say inflammatory um, he suggested no. recently that he thinks that Flavio Briatore should be replaced as the head of Ferrari. He, he recommends Flavio again. He says Flavio would be fantastic because Flavio would be good because he'd steal the right people from other teams and wouldn't care what nationality they were or anything. And the people that were no good, he'd chuck out. So Ferrari could have Flavio back for a couple of years. He, he's accused... Mattia Bonotto of hiring too many Italians on the team and I don't really understand why suggesting another Italian Flavio Briatore would be better for the team and maybe hire people of other nationalities to be members of Ferrari he's
2: incredibly infuriating and I know we're going to hear a lot more from him next year now that his wife is involved but yeah this makes no sense I mean Listen, I was pretty critical of Mattia before the season started, but clearly he turned Ferrari around and you know, results have to come still. You got to get back in the winner's circle and, and all that jazz. But why Why do we need to replace him other than Bernie Ecclestone's an asshole? That's the only yeah. like, logic I can come up with.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's just basically a guy who is extremely powerful in, at F1 circles Deciding he doesn't like someone and just stirring the pot. Could you could you imagine if we were just like, hey, uh,
2: you know, the IndyCar car writer for Yahoo Sports, F, you know, we don't like them,
0: we're just going to nominate their replacement.
2: What sense does that make?
0: Yeah, I mean, None. the whole key is just having people who disagree with you right in the sport, because then you have different perspectives. I don't know. He's not in control anymore, even though he seems to be able to do a lot behind the scenes. So it's just kind of interesting. And I, I do have one last uh, Bernie piece of news. Oh, no. He decided to be very the, trifecta of the asshole. last few weeks. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he actually said, and this is, I think, the best of his recent quotes or Bernie-related news, is that he says he doesn't think that Lewis is going to come back that his disappointment is too great, and that he spoke with Lewis Hamilton's father over the phone and sensed a question about a possible departure would not be answered. However, we're hearing that Lewis has already told the Mercedes team that he's going to be back next year. I mean, he has two more years on a contract, but Ecclestone goes on to say that With seven world titles like Michael Schumacher, it's time for Hamilton to pursue his dream of becoming a fashion entrepreneur. To me, that just, it seems extremely condescending and pretty rude to say of like, well, you have to move on now because you have seven, you're never going to get your eighth. So better just go into the fashion world, Lewis. Bye-bye.
2: Yeah. Again, the trifecta of asshole, Bernie Ecclestone has achieved it this week. He's Uh, insulted italians he's insulted the fia by probably bribing them to have his wife (laughs) hired and now he's insulted lewis hamilton and shown his racist card again
0: so god damn i i i have nothing else to add to that I mean, he's 91 years old, so you would think, you know, we may be coming to an end of his influence over the sport, but I really think he's one of those people that's just going to live forever.
2: (laughs) Yeah, feels that way. Doesn't he like want to go play like cricket or something on a beach
0: island or something like that? Like, just just go away, man, please. He has a ton of money, so I think he could go do whatever he wants. But I guess F1 really is his passion, and he wants to see it go the way that he, you know, wants to see it go. So he's going to try in every way possible to influence it. I don't know. You have to give the guy credit for what he did in the past, I think. You know, he he had a good influence on F1. We know about his kind of getting the TV rights and everything, but he definitely kind of reeks of being a little bit of a dictator who's been ousted and wants his power back.
2: Yeah, 100%. He's power hungry still, and he's upset that like he's not in charge.
0: Yeah, so he's just going to have a tantrum in the media and continue to draw attention to himself. And I guess we're giving it to him, but obviously I don't think he's doing himself any favors by making comments like this. No. I'll just restart it saying that. So in other news, Mick Schumacher has been announced as one of the two Ferrari reserve drivers for 2022, and is going to split that role with Antonio Giovinazzi. What do you think about this for his chances of getting a Ferrari seat in the future? I mean, it definitely helps his future prospects.
2: I don't think it makes too much of a difference for 2022, God forbid, unless... Carlos or, or or Leclerc get sick or injured or something like that, I think that's the only way it would come up. And you hope that doesn't happen. Like I don't wish ill on either of them to see Mick Schumacher make his Ferrari debut as cool as that would be. But I think you combine that with the fact that I'm pretty sure the Carlos signs contract extension, which is kind of in the rumors to be being worked on, is going to be a one-year extension after next season with a one-year option after that. So you give Mick a little bit of time. Maybe you bump him up to Alfa Romeo. Uh, I guess Guan and Botas are both probably there for a couple of years. So maybe you stick him at Haas for a couple of years and hope he gets some experience with that group of bumbling idiots and, and then promote him to Ferrari. But I don't, I don't think it makes a big difference unless he you know, gets some experience being around the Ferrari team, you know, but on race weekends, he'll be busy with Haas duties. So I don't think it's a anything to
0: get too worked up on about positively or negatively. Yeah. I mean, I kind of agree. It's hard to see where he fits in the Ferrari plan right now. I think all the F1 teams just have too many people in their feeder systems. Yes. And everyone's around the same age. So it's just going to be a question of contracts and switching people in and out based on performance rather than people kind of naturally retiring from the sport and then getting to go in because it's not like signs or Leclerc is much older than Mick. So it's not going to be one of those situations where all three of them can kind of have their time at the, at Ferrari. Somebody's going to get the short end of the stick and be replaced or, um, you know, not get their chance.
2: And you know, as much as he probably won't deserve it, that will be signs. Yeah,
0: they're not going to replace think... Leclaire. Yeah, yeah, well, Leclaire is on a five-year contract, I think.
2: Right. Also that.
0: So who knows where signs goes? Even if his performance is uh, good, but Indy I think car. this is one of those things that signals maybe he's got to start looking elsewhere.
2: Yeah, I mean, if my you know contract is potentially one year this year and a contract extension for one year the year after that i'm already starting to talk especially with the way ferrari or ferrari f1 contracts are so are done so early now for the following season even if even if we don't hear about it he should probably
0: already already be out there looking yeah i think if he doesn't win a race or two next year with ferrari if they're you know not competitive or they're competitive enough to win a race then he's probably in the hot seat, unfortunately, even though I think he's definitely shown he deserves that spot. But, you know, everyone's kind of thinking Mick's up next, and he's going to be one of the next great guys. So I think Ferrari's probably betting on Mick over Carlos. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so continuing on with some more Ferrari news, actually. Um, Mission Winnow is no longer part of... The Ferrari team next year and Mission Winnow was part of Philip Morris tobacco company and so they're no longer part of the team name for 2022 Um, even though it apparently spokespeople for Ferrari have said they're trying to work on continuing a relationship with Philip Morris in some way obviously with that Marlboro sponsorship that's been going on forever but so instead we're gonna see a return of Santander or Santander Por los gringos, um, and uh, which is a Spanish banking group. I think they they have a large presence in the northeastern U.S. too. Yeah, um, I use them. Well, oh, you do? Sorry, I no, I did. Uh, it was the worst
2: year of banking experience I've ever had in my life. I if you're in the <laughs> if you're in if you're in, in the United States, please please don't use them. Okay, well there you go. You're the only person I
0: know that's had experience with them.
2: Yeah, it was it was a couple of years ago, and yeah, I don't we don't need to get in. Nobody nobody gives a shit about my banking
0: frustrations with Santander and their shitty customer service. But okay, let's move on. <laughs> so they were they were the sponsor for Ferrari from 2010 to 2017 with those kind of cool white and red liveries that we saw, and they're coming back. So we may see a return of those kind of logos, and I, I'll be happy to see Mission Winnow gone because I thought that green oh it was awful. Yeah, graphic was just hideous. Without
2: that, the Ferrari logo, the Ferrari livery is probably my favorite year after year, no matter you know what editions. But that, yeah, the white Santander on the on the back <laughs> wing, as they've had it before, is really a slick livery concept on the regular red Ferrari. So, yeah,
0: okay. Um, continuing on in the news, Belgian grand prix fans or attendees Uh, who get ready to get angry well actually there's been a change since the article i last sent you okay but not not enough in my opinion okay so initially there was some news that the promoters for the belgian grand prix were not going to do any kind of compensation for everyone who attended and didn't get to see a race because it was rained out now however people who had a sunday ticket will enter into a prize draw for a total of 170 tickets for next year's race, which includes 100 silver grandstand seats, 50 gold grandstand seats, and 20 VIP seats. And those are going to be based on kind of which level of ticket you purchased for this yeah. year. The other thing that everyone gets is one F1 TV pass per ticket. Whoa. Owner. So you have the potential to possibly win a ticket for next year and you get an F1 TV subscription no matter what. I think this is not enough.
2: No, this is this is bullshit. I mean, okay. It's a tough it's a very tough spot to be in because you like technically sort of had a race, but like you didn't really have a race. I would have compromised and said everybody gets a 50% refund or something like that, like just enough where spa and the faia is either breaking even or not losing that much money but the fans aren't also ready to you know chop your heads off so you you might get a ticket for next year without spending money and you get an f1 tv pass which is what is it nine dollars a month for the for the pro version and four dollars a month or five dollars a month for the the light version don't get me wrong f1 tv is a fantastic deal i subscribe the last three or four years, I think. But if that's my compensation for that bullshit attempt of putting on a race on Sunday, I'm I am never going to another race at Spa, no matter how iconic the track is.
0: Agreed. I don't know how much a ticket to see the race at Spa costs, but I guarantee you, it's a lot more than a hundred dollars. You know the the amount of the F1 TV subscription. So. I really think they should do something where they'll honor your ticket from this year to see the race for free next year. I mean, I don't know if that's realistic or not, but that's what I think you'd have to do to really show people that you actually care.
2: Yeah, I mean, just adding F1 TV like to me, so that's a $100 value. So that's taking place... They're essentially saying your ticket is as good as an F1 TV subscription, which makes no sense because then the track is losing out on... Concession money and parking money and and whatever other things they charge for um, over there. Obviously, I've I've never been there and I I don't know what it's exactly like there, but just doesn't it's so infuriating. And I was really hoping they'd come up with a solution that worked for both them and the people, 50 percent refund or 25 percent refund or you know you get 50% off a couple of your tickets like let's say you buy four tickets for 2022 you get 50% off of two of them or something like you get a free pit pass or you know there's something you could do to appease fans but still make your money you're not doing that right now you're you're just infuriating a fan a very knowledgeable section of the fan base
0: Yeah, and this sounds to me like something that F1 would have to do, right? Because I I would think that they're the ones who can give away these subscriptions to F1 TV. So this might be something that F1 feels bad and is doing for the fans and not even the promoter.
2: Yeah, it it could be. I don't know who owns F1 TV. I'd imagine it'd be Formula One management. So it's a fair point.
0: Yeah, so I, I think probably what happened, and I'm just totally guessing, is that F1 saw that the promoter was going to do absolutely nothing for the fans and decided to throw the fans a bone basically to make sure they weren't as pissed off as they would have been. Honestly, if somebody
2: brought to me and said, oh, you get an F1 TV subscription now, I'd be even more mad because I'd be like, that's all you value my my hard-earned money as? Because these Formula 1 tickets are not cheap com- compared to other forms of racing. So I just I... I don't I, I got nothing but I have I have one for you. I don't know if it's on your list here so I'm sorry if it is but I I was uh I had just found it a couple hours ago. The potential for Lewis Hamilton to get a 10 place grid penalty at the start of 2022 for skipping the F1 gala at the end of the year. No, I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah, it was in one of the foreign I think a UK newspaper Uh, I I saw it before before I give you my thoughts what do you think
0: I think that's garbage if we're trying to keep him in the sport right and not make him just want to leave because he's so infuriated with the FIA and their handling of everything I think you can just make the decision not to punish him for skipping it and just cut the guy some slack for not wanting to be there with what happened I'm pretty sure they can do whatever they want and they can just kind of waive that punishment. And and that's what you need to do. You can't let basically his personal feelings then kind of affect his success in another season because I think his personal feelings are completely understandable. You got to give him some time to get over it and just like
2: Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.
3: Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5k or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you.
2: I would even argue you could compromise and say, you know, here's a $50,000 fine. Just something. If you got to find them, you got to find them. If you got to punish them, whatever. I mean, I don't agree with it, but. You know, for the sake of saying rules are rules, Mr. Suleiman Sule- I'm sorry, I forget how to pronounce it already. Uh, fine. But a, a grid penalty for-, for that is really utter garbage.
0: Yeah, especially when, I mean, that's the same penalty that you'd get for changing your engine. <laughs> like, I don't think those are equal at all. I don't know. I mean... Maybe this makes me a bad uh, F1 fan, but I didn't watch the the awards ceremony. Can you watch it? I assume you can in some way, or they post yeah, videos of it afterwards. I didn't know. I don't didn't
2: know. even know you could.
0: Not sure. Maybe you can't, but that shows how little I know about it or care about the award ceremony. I mean, I care about the results on the track and the racing, right? And that's, you know, sort of for internal people, the award ceremony. So I think this should just be kept internal. You know, let Lewis kind of seethe with rage over what happened but i think he'll get over it by next season and i i just think it would be unfair to kind of add insult to injury by giving him a grid penalty for that
2: yeah yeah okay back to you
0: okay so just a few more items um i'm gonna actually turn this into a little guessing game trivia question for you Ooh. um sky germany has released the countdown of every driver's crash damage over the 2021 season (laughs) so i'm gonna ask you who you think has the most and the least crash damage just total guess you may come close you may not
2: i'm gonna say verstappen has the most
0: okay he's third on the list actually okay so not bad i'm gonna say vettel has the least Okay, he's 18th out of 20, so again, you're you're pretty good Close. with those. Close. All right. Yeah, not bad. So at the front with 4,212,000 euros of crash damage is Mick Schumacher actually.
2: Oh. All right, good job Mick.
0: And then Leclerc is second with just over 4 million euros and Max is just right behind him at 3.8 million euros in crash damage. Um, and we've actually got the two Alpine drivers bringing up the rear with Esteban Ocon only 280,000 euros and Fernando Alonso 315,000 euros in crash damage. So they're really saving that Alpine team some money.
2: Good for them. Good for Ocon as much as I, as much as we dump on him week after week. That's a pretty good, pretty good stat.
0: Yeah, I thought I didn't, really think it was gonna be Mick. I mean I would have assumed it'd be his teammate, right? Just where, because we kind of made fun Mazepin? of him. He's eighth. Yuki actually has more crash damage than Mazapin. I be- I believe that. Yeah. And Lance Stroll does, Botas does. Like I, I believe mean, that. Yeah. So I mean we give Mazapin a really hard time for his lack of talent and spinning and crashing, but everything he's only eighth on the list. All right. All right, so getting to our final couple of items, Uh, I think we'll go with some of the kind of frustrating ones first, and then we'll end on a positive note. All right. If that sounds good to you. So frustrating is that Nicholas Latifi had to come out and speak out on social media against the people that have been coming at him with death threats and other kind of harassment for crashing at the end of the finale and blaming him for this and you know we saw all the teams come out in support of him but what are your thoughts on this i mean what what kind of basically garbage human being is going to attack latifi for clearly not crashing on purpose and the way that the fia handled the his crash right and what to do with it is on them it's not on him so I don't really understand kind of the hate directed towards him. It just seems like a scapegoat exercise. But I'd be interested to hear what you have to say about his statement. It was really well written. It was very well done. And I'm going to kind of
2: harken back to something you said last week on the IndyCar episode. Or it might have been Shannon. I don't, I don't remember. If you are saying heinous stuff like that, like death threats or ridiculous things, you lose your right to voice an opinion on anything you immediately all of your social media needs to be shut down you should have like an ankle bracelet that every time you give an opinion buzzes your ankle and then we could shame you on social (laughs) media like tases you yeah like (laughs) just like a dog collar nothing like no tasing (laughs) just like a little dog collar around your ankle just like a little zap that like alerts some like central central twitter database and then we can say oh my god Johnny Rotten in England saying this again, and he's an ass, and now we're going to make fun of him. I think that's probably pretty messed up of me, so I'm
0: sorry if anybody.
2: No, thinks I mean went too
0: far. I'm with you because, I, I mean, we talk about free speech is important, and I'm obviously a proponent of free speech, but there's a difference between free speech and threatening someone, which is illegal, and then also hate speech or hate crimes, right? I mean,
2: yep, you yep. can't
0: say stuff like that. It's just not appropriate. I mean, there's a there's a line that needs to be drawn. And I think, you know, every driver takes criticism and you can message Latifi on Twitter and say, you suck. You're awful. That's your opinion. Whatever. That's up to you. You know, you can hate him, but to make a death threat or to, you know, basically say really like hateful things that are racist or whatever they are, I don't know exactly what he was getting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. It's terrible no yeah, matter what it, was said. That's that's you know that's beyond just having an opinion, and that's something that no one should have to experience.
2: Well said. We'll move on from that one.
0: Yeah, so um, another kind of ridiculous thing in the news is if you guys listened to our IndyCar episode last week, we discussed John Alacy's kind of clown-like antics. Um, <laughs> he has come out with a quote that said... It was a big misunderstanding uh, that we were in the car with friends and we said, let's try it. So I threw it, he's talking about the giant firecracker, in front of his uh, brother-in-law, his former brother-in-law's architectural studio, but didn't expect it to make such a bang and that it could do so much damage. He said he's shocked by the damage it was caused, and so he turned himself in the next day right after this happened. But come on, man he was just driving around with his son and his son's friend and whoever else and decided let's go troll him because he's separating from my sister and we're going to go put a firecracker by his window and the only reason i think he's coming out after the fact to say all this stuff about it being a big misunderstanding is cuz he got caught if he didn't yeah, get caught this was yeah it's, it's just a it was going to be a kind of a mean mean-spirited prank that did actual damage But, you know, now that he's caught, he has to make himself, you know, save face. Yeah, you know,
2: let's get personal here for a second. I, too, have gone through a divorce this year. And my brother, my sister-in-law, and my parents have not considered putting a firecracker next to a window where I used to live to play some sort of heinous prank. So, you know, let's just use some common sense here firecracker illegal in france dangerous think, yeah. dangerous next to a window what do you think was gonna happen like that's just you know listen you don't have to like the guy that's fine trust me i think my family gets that point very well but no this is just totally again completely unacceptable i don't know if it requires jail time or what i don't yeah obviously i don't know french law i don't even think frenchy knows french law and
0: yeah <laughs> no, i devote my brain space to other things but i guess i can study that on that
2: yeah yeah let's let's you look you're listen i know you have like a, you're getting a criminology degree but let's not worry about us law let's get let's get you up on step to speed on french law okay
0: sounds good yeah i mean yeah thank you we'll we'll, we'll follow this for sure and see what happens to him yeah, and course. Giuliano because It's just a weird thing. I mean, I don't think it probably involves serious jail time. It probably is going to end up being a fine and maybe community service or something like that, if I just guess, but we'll, we'll follow it. I mean, it's, it's not good. Apparently it could come with jail time for like kind of this destruction of property and the use of like an explosive device. Um, I mean, we'll see what happens. And the final, uh, piece of news that I want to share with you guys is that Alex Zanardi, um, former God. f1 driver for lotus and williams among other teams has finally been released from the hospital after um a really nasty sounding accident um, where months. he collided with a truck um I, I was on his his bike right his like recumbent yeah. bicycle or something yeah so he's had a lot of surgery um but he's finally able to go home. And his wife, Daniela, has said that the recovery continues to be a long process. It's led by a bunch of different people and they've seen steady progress, um, but that Alex once again has proven he's a real fighter and that this is a really important step that he's been able to leave the hospital and be back at home. And so I personally am really happy that Alex is home with his family for the holidays, You know, whatever shape he's in. It's good that he gets to be at home um, rather than at the hospital. And I wish him continued success on this road back to recovery. I can't wait to see him, you know, back kind of up and at it again. You know, I don't want this to be something that he has to deal with permanently. Who knows what the effects of this accident are. But um, some more uplifting news is that he's recovering. You know, we can't necessarily say what's going to keep happening with his recovery, but it's better than it once was. And let's just keep our fingers crossed for the whole Zanardi family
2: yeah well said you know 18 months in the hospital is is no joke for a guy who's already gone through a lot in his his life so i i hope he's doing well i hope his family's doing well i hope he can recover as as much as possible and i hope you know maybe in a year or two we can see him at a racetrack again uh, even if it's just seeing him on TV at a, at an F1 race, that would be really cool. And
0: yeah. I do want to kind of close out saying that his book, I think it's called my sweetest victory. Obviously written well before this is yeah. an excellent book for fans of both F1 and IndyCar, It's, it's super good read. I mean, obviously his story, everyone knows it. I would think that's listening to this podcast, but just to get his perspective um, and to hear that kind of stuff and just, how positive he is mentally, even after life-changing injuries, is super inspiring. And I think kind of makes you question, you know, when you get down about something, you know, that puts things in perspective, I would say. So I highly recommend everybody go out and check out that book.
2: Yeah, I I completely agree. I have read, I read like the first three chapters of it. I know that's like highly embarrassing, but I... I have a very short attention span when it comes to reading, so check it out. Listen to it. Also, go back and find on YouTube the book recommendation episode Hickey and Frenchie did talking about all sorts of motorsports books because it's a really good listen for those who like to read and learn more that way. But that's all we got. Even if you don't like to read, you can just put them on your shelf and they look good
0: there. Even if you don't like to read, just buy it support the author or something like that yeah we're not making money off that but i just highly recommend like motorsports books are a niche thing so everybody should just buy them because then people will write more
2: yeah well said well bit lane parlay fans friends listeners family this is the very last episode of 2021 and it has been an absolute ride this year. I've loved every minute of it and I can't wait to record right again next week. No, no weeks off here. And we're going to dive right into 2022 soon. So if you're celebrating New Year's somewhere, take a selfie and tag PLP NYE for New Year's Eve and we'll share them out. Sure. And yeah, I'll be, I'll be in Indy with with some of the pit lane parlay friends and fans and listeners and Shannon co host Shannon. So I'm excited to I'm really excited to see her and everybody else that comes along with that. And you know I'm I'm, I'm I think 2022 is going to be awesome as I mentioned last week on IndyCar. So stay safe, enjoy your New Year's Eve. Send those selfies in PLP N Y E. And we will talk to y'all next year. Have a lovely holiday weekend.
1: Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really, no. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock.